Hello and welcome to Expedition D20. I'm your Dungeon Master, Logan Moore, and with me as always is the wonderful Map Makers. Hi, my name is Austin, and I'm playing Dak Dremevi, a blue tiefling warlock. Hello, my name is Austin as well, but um, friends call me Sully, and I am playing a uh, warforged cleric named Stone. Hello, I am Jake. I am playing Green Gladwell, a halfling divination wizard. And introducing, we have a new player. Uh, he's going to be joining us for the rest of the campaign. Uh, Cameron, go ahead. Cameron, I'm playing a dwarf, a barbarian uh, named Vorin Vitzelsund. All right, and without further ado, let's jump on in. Okay, so where we last left off, you were in the Pit of Despair. Well, sort of. Uh, you were in a different plane known as the Pit. The genie Sakal had his Minotaur servant, essentially, Torax, wish for Prismaeus to get trapped into a alternate uh, mirror dimension located in the pit. You had a huge combat. You got uh, whisked away uh, via plane shift to the pit, and uh, you were able to kind of figure out the dynamic of the mining and the uh, slaves that were there and the slave drivers, and you were able to go down deep into the mines hoping to find Prismaeus. There you fought a Medusa. You had an, a, a, an epic battle against her. Two of you were turned to stone. While Green was able to finish her off, he entered a mystical pool of mirrors and saw Prismaeus. You were able to convince him that it wasn't the Echo Convergence that he was seeking, and he was actually trapped in another dimension. You convinced him, you exited the pool, and he was able to cast Greater Restoration on each of your party members, bringing them back to life. There, uh, Dak decided it would be the perfect time to go run up and grab that, that one guy uh, at the very top of the mine and bring him back down. He was able to convince him to leave and go with him, as he promised. And so he brought them, and there was a creature that was barreling towards you, and at the last minute, Green was able to take out his amulet of the planes and teleport you all to the Cartographer's Guild located in Waterdeep. So that's where we last left off. You all feel the fabric of space and time stretch and thin around you. You feel like your very essence is, is moved. And then all of a sudden, whew, there is a flutter of just papers all over you. There is, you, you hear just the crack of, of wood. You hear just a huge blunder as you are suddenly in an office. 
you take a minute and you see, okay, everybody's in here. You see Prismaeus, he's in his dragonborn crystal form. Uh, you see uh, uh, the guy that Dak brought. You see Dak, you see Stone, you see Green. So everybody was teleported. You made it. You are you are in the Cartographer's Guild. This This office looks very familiar, but it's hard to remember whose office it is. That is until the door opens. Standing before you is Lucius Crumley, the scroll keeper for the Cartographer's Guild. He opens the door, and there is just an awkward silence as you kind of, he looks around the room and he just sees the absolute chaos, and you see his desk has been split into two, and the, the whole office is just filled with papers, bookshelves have been knocked over. Just priceless artifacts have been toppled and possibly shattered. He is stunned. Uh, he is just staring at all of you. I look quickly at the ground and then at Green. And then at Lucius. Who did this? I was trying to figure out the same thing. Uh, this table. Someone split Ooh. it right in half. Broke it. Completely. Explain, all of you. We were just trying to figure out who broke this table. <laughs> Roll me persuasion. <laughs> Don't roll <Yeah>. me persuasion. <laughs> it's uh, gonna be a, a 20 plus 4. Holy shit, a natural 20? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <sighs> I wasn't planning on it going this direction. Um, <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, it'd probably be a pretty high DC, to be fair, because that's just ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but a natural 20 like that. I, That's yeah. crazy. Um, so he looks at all of you. We must catch this terrible <laughs> person immediately. Who do you... Who, how, wait, did you see who went in here? No, we just heard a loud crash. Who's, who is this? Who are you? And he points to Prismaeus. He points to the weird guy in the corner. I pointed to the weird guy as well. You! <laughs> no. no, he was uh, with me. Uh, it I was didn't. Not uh, him. No, I. I, I. <laughs> he looks. He looks at you, Dak, for a moment, and then he looks at all of you, and he nods at you, Dak. He's like, "Yeah, it was me." <laughs> you! I. I, I <laughs> That's breaking in a custom from where he's from. I can cover the costs of your desk. You broke my mahogany desk, and he and he just like runs to the desk and and just like holds it, and like it, it is absolutely just split into two. Like <laughs> stone, like you teleported on top of it, <laughs> and like apparently like rolled off of it, and like everybody else just like ran into the bookshelves and everything. It was just very sudden. But this guy uh, is just like he's taking the blame for it. He's like, yeah, um. The name's Garen, Garen Morb. I, uh, I, I did this. Uh, don't, don't worry about them. Um, I'll take full blame for this. And he's like, How could you do something so atrocious? It was rich mahogany. Rich, rich, rich mahogany. A shame. You shall be, you shall be punished for your actions. But for now, where have all of you been? Where? Why are you here? Where? One at a time, you should explain yourselves. I know that you are on 
an expedition. Wait, how did you return? Uh, Green, how did we return? Um, a teleportation spell. We were planar traveling. Against our will, at times. Yes, that. It is not a pleasant experience. I will need to have a full debrief with each of you. I hope you understand. And who is this? He points to the crystalline dragonborn. Who is ab absolutely, like, just obsessed with, like, the room. Like, he is just, like, picking up papers, looking at them, looking at bits and bobs that have kind of broken on the ground, but he's, like, picking them up and, like, moving them around. This is, uh, Prismaeus. He came with us uh, oh. after we rescued him. Yes, uh, hi, my name is, uh, Prismaeus. Um, I am the, uh... Uh, a, a crystal dragonborn. Very nice to meet you. And he reaches his hand out to uh, Lucius, and he does not shake his hand. And he says, very well. I do need to have a conversation with each of you. Perhaps we should... Well, I guess not my office. We can use Felix's office, since he is not in right now. Please, follow me. You follow him to Felix's office, and uh, do you guys just sort of tell him everything, or like, what do you guys want to share with him ever since like you you left? Do we have a moment to talk amongst ourselves without him, or no? Yeah, huddle uh, up. I, he is asking like right right away to follow him. So if you do need a minute, you could ta you, you could ask. I'll message Dak. Um, what do you think we should say? That's where we're like walking behind him. I think we should tell him that the people that hired us broke the contract when they attacked us. I agree. Um, I guess then I'll <laughs> message uh, Stone. Um, we should tell him about our contractor and how he betrayed us. Yes, I agree. Okay. Can While we're walking, can I ask Lucius where uh, Felix is? He is out away on personal business. He is quite busy, as you know, being the headmaster and all. He has left me in charge. How uh, wonderful. <clears throat> no one better to fit that role. Let me see, let me, let me see if he notices <laughs> your natural one. He thinks that you are <laughs> praising him. <laughs> He is absolutely loving the flattery. It will get you everywhere with him. Good, good. Okay, uh, so is that all you guys wanted to do? Like, talk amongst yourselves? You can keep going? Yeah, I... Yeah, I don't think we have too much of a reason that... Why? Yeah, I don't think there's really anything that... We... That we would need to hide. We got fucked over. Yeah, I don't think there's anything that implicates us or anything. So, sure, yeah. yeah. So you share everything... You tell him about the strange land that you came across uh, inside of the crater. You tell him about Prismaeus, and Prismaeus kind of fills in some of the gaps of what he has been doing his entire mm -hmm. life, um, being basically the essence of a primordial titan, crawling out of the heart and just sort of like learning things when he didn't really learn them himself and how he had a connection between all of his different uh, uh, echoes across the universe and the different planes and kind of like the parallel universe uh, paradox kind of thing. 
and it, it kind of like you're kind of impressed that Lucius isn't like taken aback by any of this. He's been very silent. He's been listening a lot, kind of asking a couple questions here and there for like elaborating. But he seems to kind of just fully grasp what you're trying to present him. At the very end, you're able to tell him that Ragdon Dunhark turned out to be Corin Moe's father, uh, a genie uh, named Sakal the Acquisitive. And he basically trapped you in a demiplane known as the Pit, where he kept many slaves, had slave drivers, just absolutely terrible uh, acts of humanity and war crimes, essentially. At this, he, he definitely gets very serious, starts writing a lot of the things down, and then you finally finish that you were able to escape and free Prismaeus, and now you're here. And then he's like, but who are you? And he points to Garen. <laughs> and he's like, I just sort of uh, uh, hitched a ride. Um, I was a slave back there, and I landed on the table. And he looks at you, Stone, and he nods. <laughs> yes, I can't believe that he did that. Very well. trying to uh, be kind to him. Well, being that you did not receive payment, but you were able to bring this knowledge to us, I would like to compensate each of you for with a thousand gold pieces each. But I will need to deduct 500 gold from each of you for the damages of my office. That is very steep, but... Half? It was imported mahogany. Can we get a little more, maybe? Uh, go ahead and roll me persuasion. There's damages to my soul. Spirit and... Oh, here. Uh, five. Five? Alright, he's very adamant about 500 gold each uh, for the damages. So 500, you can add 500 gold pieces each to your wallet. It is. It is a lot of gold, and it is a huge deduction, especially for all the work that you just did. So, what do you think Felix would think about that? Felix is not here. But he will come back. And it would be a shame if he were to be upset with you for discouraging good work. I am sure that he would agree with me that I made... A harsh, yet fair, decision for the damages of the office. Then again, we could perhaps substitute your 500 gold for scribe duty for the next month. That uh, fills you stone with existential dread. Uh, the last time that you had scribe duty was when you first joined the guild. And scribes, they are basically in unpaid interns that put in a lot of work, a lot of just, like, a lot of, old, like, overnights. It's basically like a college student that is just, like, studying, like, nonstop. Who needs a coffee? Because I'm doing a run. Writing down the order time for everyone. <laughs> That's pretty much it. And but But the scribes, they do it so that they can advance in the guild or actually some of them just enjoy being a scribe and they 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 do it because eventually they get paid and they get so well enough and like the the example of a scribe that kept doing very well is agatha 
who is the archivist down in the Atlas that kind of has access to a lot of the secretive information and uh, very valuable documents, essentially, down in the Atlas. That is an opportunity that you could seek as like, okay, I could get 500 gold or I have to do the scribe duty. And the scribe duty is essentially you won't have much free time for this for, for until your next expedition that you go on. Sounds like a deal to me. So you, you would like to take scribe duty? I'll take it. Okay, so Dak takes scribe duty. I will not. Okay, so Stone does not do scribe duty. I I don't think I need the extra 500. I think that's fair, so I will opt out of the scribe. Okay, so Dak is the only one who volunteers for scribe duty so that he can get an additional 500 gold pieces. I pat him on the back of the leg. Mo money. <laughs> <laughs> mo money, mo problem. suffering from success okay Um, so Lucian says now the rest of you you should go see Mama Belle so that she can see to your wounds he sees that you are all very wrecked (laughs) Uh, probably should have sent you to the cleric first but he is a business first questions later kind of guy um, so he uh, issues you to go to Isabella uh, so that you can get your wounds taken care of. She is actually uh, a very proficient cleric, so she can uh, see to your wounds. He stops Prismaeus and asks him if he could stay uh, and so that he could talk to him in private. Interesting. Just kidding, all my spell slots are spent. Never mind. Tatsi <laughs> Baka. Yeah, you guys had to use a lot to yeah. do that last encounter. I, I was thinking of using clairvoyance and put it in the room, but Ooh. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But yeah, uh, you all basically get sent down, um, and, and uh, uh, Mama Belle is there, and she's like, Oh, darlings, I'm so sorry that you're hurt. Oh, let me come here. Let me see ya. And she basically uh, like casts uh, Cure Wounds, um, Prayer of Healing even, just to get you all... Uh, up up to snuff. So I would say everybody get uh, an additional 30 points of healing, just in general. And uh, just to rewind just a second, while we close the door, can I wait like maybe 20 seconds and try to see if I hear anything that Lucius is saying to Prismaeus? Sure. Uh, roll me, I guess, perception. You're trying to hear. Uh, 15. 15. Okay, you're able to piece out bits and parts of it. He's basically asking Prismaeus more questions about his society and about his people. Um, And he has a few questions about why hasn't he reached out to other governing bodies for assistance? Why did he choose to go at this alone and basically be isolated? He's just very curious about why he decided to do this. Uh, Prismaeus is a lot more soft-spoken than Lucian and not as forward, so a lot of his questions are kind of uh, uh, being answered with, oh, you know, uh, I did this, and and this is the way I did it, and you're not able to catch everything that he he says. 
uh, not with that 15. If it was a little higher, maybe you would be able to hear it, but you also have everybody's kind of moving around the guild, and it's kind of hard to hear. Yeah, I would say after I hear him just ask, like, general questions like that, I'll take my ear away from the door and catch up with the rest of the group. As you walk down the steps, uh, you notice there is uh, a familiar face walking down the steps with you. Uh, he is a dwarf figure. Cameron, would you like to introduce your character? So, you know, it's a dwarf walking down the steps. Uh, he stands at about five feet tall, um, which kind of recognizes a little bit taller than the standard dwarf. Um, he has long, dark hair that falls in messy strands to his shoulders, and then there's a thin beard that um, crosses his face. Um, for his clothing, you notice dark, uh, reinforced clothing. Um, kind of has these embedded, looks like bone fragments uh, embedded into it. Um, and then around his shoulders falls a dark green cloak, which definitely is showing its age, kind of in tatters towards the bottom, where, um, like getting caught, um, in the forest when he's been, um, navigating through the forest. Um, and then at his hip you notice two hand axes, which, in contrast to the rest of his appearance, are, um, in really good shape, so they're, um, really well maintained, they have delicately engraved um, depictions of hunting beasts, and then the handles are made of dark oak. He's beautiful. <laughs> I'll uh, kind of turn my head and... Born? Born, is that you? Yes, it is. Hey, good, good to see you. Uh, it's been a while since our last mission. Yeah, good to see you as well. Uh, we just got back from... Uh, well, hell, it felt like. Uh, how have you been? Did, have you been busy? Uh, not recently too busy. Been sticking around here more. I'd rather be out in the wilds, but as the map makers go. <laughs> Gotta return home base once in a while. Uh, are we down at the bottom of the stairs yet? Yeah, I would say you have walked down, and now uh, uh, Isabella is going to each of you, healing you. Vorin, uh, you are able to see, like, these guys are pretty roughed up. Uh, they are definitely needing some healing, and that's one of Mama Bell's uh, specialties, is, is kind of healing those that kind of show up suddenly and are bleeding, bleeding profusely. <laughs> she is gotcha. able to patch them up pretty quick. So, so stone, what's it like being stone? Ah, worse than I would imagine. Normally, I'm pretty content being stone, but when I was stone, I was not content being stone. Yes, I thought as much. All right. Oh, you guys were stone? Yes. Well, I'm stone, but I was stone. So you're stone, stone? No, what? No, stone. Ladwell, the person. Stone, the the state of being. Oh, so so your name is Stone Ladwell, the person Stone. Okay, got it. It's a little confusing, but I got it the second time. Okay. It's it it is very confusing here in the um, real world. It, uh, that's fun. yeah. Like where, where where are we even? Like this is this is crazy. Uh, well, this is the 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 cartographers guild, and in Waterdeep. Wow, I I've never been here before. This is uh, pretty crazy. That's what we think, too. Stone, uh, Green, this is my friend Vorin. We, uh, he was this, 
a scout with me. We've been on many missions in the past. Orin, this is Green. And I point to Hello. Uh, the Halfling. And then and this is Stone. I point to the gigantic uh, Warforged. Very nice to meet Hello. you. Hello. I'm Stone. And I'm friendly. No, he's Stone the person Stone. Yes. That happens to be friendly. It does seem I very confusing. Apparently he's friendly. Uh, my name's Garen. Garen Morb. How you doing? Good to meet you. Stand out. You're looking at this man. He is a human uh, uh, wearing tattered r- rags for clothes. He is dirty. He is sweaty. Looks completely out of place. Uh, you see uh, Mama Bell. She said, like, after healing everybody, she's like, Oh, look at you, darling. You're just wearing robes and rags. Come on over here. I'm going to get you dressed. And she sort of pushes him down the hall and says, like, Oh, wait, oh, wait. Watch your hands. And he, <laughs> he, he gets uh, pushed down the hallway and is obviously going to be go uh, cleaned up. So. Oh, I'm walking here. I'm walking here. So, that, how are you? Those are nice axes you have. Thank you. They were my father's. Oh, that's that's just very cool. <laughs> do you mean literally stone? How how do I make small talk? Um, I, I think you're doing okay so far, but sometimes, uh, like I don't know, you could be literal. I'm not sure with you sometimes. Ah, no, I I put my hands up and and scrunch all my my fingers together in air quotes. That's very cool. Oh, I'm face palm. That's okay. I, I put my arm around Green and Stone, and I'm just gonna say, "Let's get out of here. Let's. We need a drink." Here, Warren, why don't you come with? As 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 you uh, as you say that you need a drink, uh, you see Lucius Crumley, uh, oh, the scrollkeeper of of the guild, uh, walk down the steps and behind him is uh prismaeus who looks like his regular uh self of uh you know his dragonborn form but uh he definitely looks a little down maybe but um lucius says so it has come to my attention that there is many slaves in another dimension that need assistance green yes i would like you to give Prismaeus your amulet of the plains for the time being so that he may ferry prisoners from the pit to a safe haven so that they can return home. Uh, he will return it. Um, okay, um, I look to Prismaeus, it's like, is this actually what you want? It is. I, um, I really need to save those people. I I can't believe that so many people were held against their will. I, um... I, I am starting to have doubts about keeping my own people where they are. You can kind of see that he is having this uh, inner confliction of how Im- is what I have at uh, my home any different than the pit? In the same sense, like, he is not forcing... Well, he's not forcing them in his own mind, but at the same time, he's keeping them prisoner. And you can see that there's an internal conflict and the fact that he has been tasked with freeing these people that he knows is is a wrong thing, but he's just starting to realize 
maybe what I've been doing isn't right and they should be free to make their own decisions. Do you think you can perform this task on your own? I'm a fairly adept um, arcane user. I, I don't mean to brag, but I do believe that I am capable of using um, your uh, your amulet, if, if you don't oh, mind. Yes, I, it's not a matter of that. It's just after you use it, I don't know what kind of opposition you will face. Oh, I, I can take care of them, no problem. It was uh, uh, being in that strange mirror realm, and he kind of looks like a thousand yard stare, <laughs> staring as <laughs> if he was there again. <laughs> so, you are confident you will be able to perform this task? Absolutely. So, Vorin, you are staring at a dragonborn that is completely transparent. Like, you can see directly through him. He is made of basically diamond, it looks like. Like, a, a crystal of some sort. He has dragonborn features, but, like, his back, the back of his head has spikes hanging out. But the very tips of them are floating. They're not, like, connected all the way, but they're actually floating and kind of, like, a little bit lagging as he turns his head. They're kind of like hair. As he turns his head, they kind of flow. So it's kind of a, a cool little... I'm gonna, like, walk up to him and try to, like, poke the, like, little floating thing that's hanging off. Like, the back of his head. Like... <laughs> sure, yeah, you you poke it, and, like, it, it, it moves with your finger. Like, you poke it as far as you want, and then it goes, whoop, like, right back to where it was. Uh... Oh, please don't do that. They don't like it when they do that. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I just thought it was interesting. I've never seen anyone of your kind before for where I'm from. Yes, yes, we're very unique. I am, uh, I'm very, uh, very fond of them myself. And he kind of, like, ruffles the back of his head, and you can see him kind of, like, shaking, like, dink, like, tinking against, like, his hand, because it's, like, glass on glass. And then, like, Ugh. he stops, and then they, like, move back to where they were, their original positions. Yeah, um, can I roll an insight check on just, like, his confidence and stuff when asked? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I would say even with advantage, because you've, okay. you, you've kind of known Prismaeus for long enough to where you're like, okay, I'm kind of getting the getting the vibe on this guy. So, okay, 19 plus 3 plus 1, so, yeah, 23. 23. All right, yeah, you, if I could whisper... <laughs> Um, you definitely are able to tell that he is confident in his abilities. Uh, you can definitely tell that there's a little bit of shame in that he wasn't able to prevent himself from getting stuck in a very powerful spell. But at the same time, like the only reason why he was sent there in the like in the first place was a wish spell. And you know, because of your arcane oh. studies, is that a wish spell is one of the most powerful spells in existence. Mm -hmm. So knowing that that's the only thing that could contain a dragon like him. Uh, spoilers, Cameron. He is a full-blown dragon in a uh, dragonborn form right now. But he yeah. is a full-blown dragon. Y you are. You definitely have faith in his abilities. All right. I give this to you as long as you promise to bring it back. Absolutely. I, it shouldn't be more than more than a month, I would say. I, I need to make sure that I go back home and, and try to restore order. And I, I know that a few people were taken, but I don't know how many and who was taken. And I need to figure out where 
that genie Sakal went to. So I, I have a lot on my plate that I need to deal with right now and return to my people. Well, I recommend avoiding the genie if possible. And I wish you luck. And I'll be counting the days. And I uh, pulled the amulet and I hand it towards him. He reaches his hand out and he, he bows to you, Green. And then he looks at all of you and, and he, he bows to all of you. Map makers, you have such wonderful gifts. And I cannot thank you enough for saving me and risking your lives to come save me. I am truly in your debt. Thank you. Be well, my friend. He, you see uh, a little bit of magic sort of spark up, and he waves, and he poofs just out of existence. He is gone. Well, that's what it looks like. <laughs> he looks uh, at you, Dak. Uh, you see Lucius glare over you, <laughs> and he says, Off to the scribes with you, lad. Then he turns around and goes up the stairs. Oh, well, I was oh. gonna... Oh. <laughs> he does not Evan. stop as he continues up the stairs. Have an extra drink for me. <laughs> You'll be drinking alone. He didn't say when he had to go to the scribes. We should totally go out for... Go out to the tavern or whatever. Or we bring drinks to him while he's doing his scribe work. Now that's a good idea. We'll have to carry big containers. Well, you see, <laughs> brother, I am large. And I can carry alcohol. Big if true. I think either way would be fine. Um, yeah, the Vorin, are you down to head to the nearest tavern? I am. Alright, uh, do you have a container, brother? Well, we could use cups. No. Mm -mm. A barrel, then. Yes! Oh, <laughs> that would do it. So a full right. night of debauchery <laughs> is definitely had. Uh, you're able to go to a bar, you share drinks, you share stories, you, you're able to bring a cask of ale back in. You're able to sort of sneak it in <laughs> for Dak. Um, Dak, yep. you're definitely able to ha share a drink with your friends. Uh, if there's anything that you want to talk about real quick uh, during your drinking, I would say probably the corner of the atrium. The, the rest of the scribes are kind of over working at a desk at candlelight. You're definitely, you have like just a mountain of paperwork that you have to file and you're just, you're, you definitely enjoy <laughs> seeing your friends and having them kind of sneak when, in some alcohol for you. When they first, when they first get to me, I'm, I'm asleep at my desk. My head's just like <laughs> on the table. I would say even though you're asleep, you have a blanket uh, over your shoulders uh, because Mama Bell definitely, you know, saw to it to cover you. So sweet. As you see him, uh, you definitely see that he is just past the fuck out. Uh, wake him up. <laughs> uh, is it morning? Uh, oh. oh no, the night's just begun. <laughs> <laughs> is that a barrel? It's a cask, thank you. Is that for me? Well, 
<laughs> Who else is here? We figured we'd join you. Oh, thanks, guys. You, uh, yeah. each want to take a, a stack? Uh, uh, what, what, what is the stack containing? <coughs> uh, I kind of flipped through, uh, an expedition to the east, uh, underwater, chasm. These seem pretty interesting, Green. Uh, not as much as you. <laughs> I once knew a fish man that lived under the water. Isn't that generally where they live? Well, if you want to assume things of people, then yes. Uh, uh, who is this? Uh, this dad. His... <laughs> no, 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 no. He, uh, he likes was <laughs> an enigmatic little tadpole of a man. Very bizarre powers. <laughs> I met him on one of my journeys. He was a tadpole? Well, no, I... It's a... It's... I'm attempting humor. Uh, he was just a smaller fish man. It's funny because the, a small frog would be a tadpole. Everyone, come, laugh with me! Ha 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 smiles. Here's to another drink! I'm gonna... I don't drink. I'm gonna take a big swig from the, drink. the cask. Absolutely. It is uh, a, a, a fall harvest ale. Because uh, it's getting very close to fall. Uh, it is now, uh, you know, the, the leaves are starting to change colors. It is definitely uh, that 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 time of year where things are starting to get a little cooler out. Um, and and the, the, the nice uh, new harvest beers and ales are, are starting to come out. And you just got, like, one of the first casks. So, pretty proud of yourselves. This is amazing. Did you guys go to the Drunken Skunk? No, we went to the skunking drunk. It's across the street. Ah, <laughs> uh, that one's that one's good too. Yeah. Not quite as good, but it. Oh, we saved the good gold or two. <laughs> I love the fact what? that Green is just absolutely <laughs> ten. <laughs> he's a half. Like he can only take half the amount before he's swapped. Take him pints. Pints. I can get him one. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> oh, is Warren are you Let me very, see where uh, stacks there. Are you like pretty much sober but drinking a lot? Yeah, the the standard dwarven thing. <laughs> uh go ahead and roll me just a D twenty, Vorin, just to see where you're at tonight. <laughs> uh, I'll use the roll twenty. It's 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 no plus or adds, nothing, it's just whatever it is, that's how drunk you are, scale of one to twenty. Cam is typing. 20 being very drunk. Ooh. Oh, 20. Jesus. Oh, God. <laughs> That's a 20. Natural 20. Oh, God. <laughs> I was going to say, one, you are not even a little drunk. 20 being you're as drunk as you want to be. Warren <laughs> uh, uh, is definitely feeling it, but he's like trying to hide it as best he can. Uh, <laughs> His cheeks are really rosy. <laughs> And definitely, yeah. like, like kind of swaying a little bit at the table. Dude, that's yeah. the camp classic if I've ever heard of it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, steadying himself on the table, trying not to, like, 
no concrete face tonight. No. All right. <laughs> so this is so okay. Gavin usually is just like looking around, just being like, "Yo, I'm not drunk." <laughs> what stack you got, Dak? Uh, this one's on uh, old minerals, actually. Oh, minerals! I know copper and stuff here. Yeah, I'll, I'll hand green, green the stack. All right, <laughs> I will tempt the stack. <laughs> Green, green, definitely roll me a d20. Uh, oh, jeez, minus your proficiency, I would say on this one. Just my it's beautiful. <laughs> oh oh, what what ability? What ability? Oh, let's see. I, I okay. Let's say history. Okay, so it, it's okay. history minus your proficiency. I, I love that it's minus proficiency <laughs> instead of disadvantage. Yep. Oh yeah. Okay, 19 Ooh. minus 3. Wow. So, 16. Damn, damn. Just Green, you are the expert of minerals right now. Uh, you, are, <laughs> you are the Hank of Breaking Bad right now. You know your minerals, man. <laughs> like, you, 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 <laughs> you are bringing them up and you are, like, listing them off. Just, like, you are educated on minerals for some reason. And you're just, like, like, Dak, you're just, like, ignoring him. But, like, he's actually making sense. And, like... Oh shit! These are filed I'm in the wrong place. Off stuff. Um, his Green's mom taught him basically because she'll know her minerals as a metallurgist. Yeah, she would. Yeah. And I think that's where you kind of brought this from. You just sort of like brought it up from your subconscious. And Dak, you're like, <laughs> actually, that actually helped a lot. So, <laughs> well, thanks, guys. And I, I, this whole time, I've been drinking too. Uh, <laughs> Do you want to roll a d20 just to knock yeah. it? All right. See, see how you're doing. 17. All right. You are <laughs> you are definitely pretty intoxicated. Uh, I would say you can't choose exactly where you are, but you are definitely like, all right, you're not going to get any more work done tonight. <laughs> but you well, aren't he, getting any work done anyway. He said a, a <laughs> month, right? So I got like a couple weeks, right? Can wait. Well, divide up by uh, three, four. How many of us are here? Oh, well. No, I won't be doing all this work with him. Uh, 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 brother. I I, I don't Just want to write brag. Write your initials on his paperwork. <laughs> I don't want to brag, but I have important business. Oh, uh, do you have classes to teach? Or... <laughs> well, that is a definitely something I will be doing in the daytime, but in my free time, I have a special guest coming to the city. After I write that person a letter tonight. Stone has a girlfriend. Oh, dear, no. Or a man friend. Or a man friend. Or a they friend, it doesn't matter. Totally acceptable I, in Waterdeep. I, I don't, um, <clears throat> I hate to break it to you all, but, um, I lift up, like, the, like, Stone's, like, <laughs> like, robe <laughs> and gesture <laughs> to the nothing. <laughs> the, the, the little, I don't have those parts, and therefore, I don't really have those feelings, um, <laughs> Because well, I am be made asexual of metal. Doesn't mean you gotta be aromantic. <clears throat> I. That's fair. Hmm. I haven't thought about that. 
I'm here for you, brother. Dax <laughs> just like staring at the trying to make sense of it. <laughs> Look at my man China. <laughs> oh, oh no. Oh man. Do you love so, me? <laughs> I think that's a good wrap up point. <laughs> I think that's a good wrap-up of that night. Uh, so much laughter fills the halls Perfect. of the guild as the nights turn into the morning um, as you all spend a wonderful night together. So that kind of leads us into your uh, free time. Uh, so I know Dak is kind of <laughs> preoccupied, but at the same time, you are able to do whatever you want essentially for about a month or so i think is what we said so yeah you are definitely able to do whatever you like let's start with stone what would you like to do uh so in my free time um my plans were to uh send a letter to a certain someone yep uh requesting their presence in Waterdeep as i need to correspond with them um about what we just went through Sure. And then the other big thing, aside from like teaching, um, is I uh, planned on Stone kind of going out to um, research uh, deities that might kind of line up with what he experienced um, on the island uh, where we had our, our first expedition um, and just sort of try to find out like what changed in him, maybe gain a little more insight onto like his his growth lately. Absolutely. Um, in the religious area since he's become a cleric. All right. Uh, do you wish to uh, share your findings or do you want me to share a little bit? Um, I think since you, it's, I, I think uh, probably better that you do just because sure. you would have a better handle on like the specifics. Sure. Uh, let me. Uh, so uh, essentially, Gond, uh, you, you are able to research sort of like the different religions in Waterdeep, and you're trying to find something that sort of fits your needs and what you've been looking for. You find the Church of Gond, uh, the Lord of all smiths, essentially. He pushes for innovation and imaginativeness, and it's actually something that kind of drives home with you because you know that your mother uh, worships Gond. Uh, that's just like a little fun fact uh, that that um, she ha she doesn't like worship worship. She doesn't go to church on Sundays, but she you know she has like a little shrine in the house at least, and and you know occasionally prayers uh, before she uh, continues to craft something. So it is definitely something that you're like, hey, I know this name. Let me find out a little bit more. And you actually find the church in Waterdeep is actually uh, pretty significant. It is full of gnome tinkerers, dwarven crafters, and uh, you're able to find that there is actually kind of a hierarchy. Uh, do you remember the name of uh, the, the rank that I said that you could start at? I think it was High Seeker. High Seeker, yes. A High Seeker of Knowledge, essentially. Um, so you, you, you're able to, like, move around the, the city at will because you're not, you know, stuck at being a scribe, but you, you're able to go to the church, listen, and you are just a modern wonder to them. You are basically, like, advanced several stages in the clergy just because you are an automaton. Uh, you are basically 
Gon's gift to humanity is how they see you. Uh, they, they don't like try to make you like, oh, our savior, our, our messiah. That's not what you are. You are, they, 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 they have had like certain automatons or golems like come through and like they, they, they just respect you is where it comes from. It's not like something of like they're groveling at your feet. They, they, they know what you're, you are and they appreciate the craftsmanship that went into making you and they, ex they accept that you have free will. So that has immediately put you into a high seeker of knowledge role, uh, if you wish to accept that. Yeah, I think Stone definitely would, um, as a means to kind of have another avenue to pursue information, especially with, mm -hmm. as far as the Star Elves and as as things progress. Like, I think he would he would know that he needed like uh, other other places to get information and knowledge from, and have you know. Always to put out feelers. Absolutely. I mean, you did hear about a church giving out free knowledge, but they kind of weirded you out. Uh, so that that yes. was definitely yeah. That, free knowledge, just just it, it, free it, knowledge. Yeah. While it works for other people, Stone is, is <laughs> he he thought they seemed a little too loosey goosey, not very uniform. Yep, yep. They didn't really have much order. Um, but yeah, definitely the Church of Gond, uh, or just Gond in general, definitely gives you kind of a peace of mind that you were looking for. So yeah, uh, is there anything else that you want to look up or search for or discuss? Uh, that was pretty much it. Um, as far like that in the letter, and yep. uh, that are the only like big things I think that like a month would give him aside like splitting his duties with like teaching and whatnot. Okay. And uh, the guild offers free postage, so I won't make you charge. Nice. <laughs> oh man, they got perks, perks all the way there's, up. There's benefits, man. They got benefits. Uh, so all of you are actually, uh, you see Garen like halfway through the month, or, or like a quarter away of through the month, and he has cleaned up his act, man. Like he he's been treated well. He's got he's been given like scribe robes. Uh, he's been given a job as a scribe. Uh, Dak, you're able to actually kind of like work with him a little bit, show him the ropes. You kind of were kind of tasked with kind of teaching him how to be a scribe. But, you know, he is able to read. He's able to, to write a little bit. And, you know, you're able to kind of teach him. And that he, Lucian definitely says, well, you brought him here. You're responsible for him. But Isabella is definitely like, hey, <laughs> it's okay. Let's let's take care of him and like provide him a room and stuff like that. So. Um, so yeah, it's it's, awesome. uh, it's it's pretty good going so far, um, and that brings us to you, Dak. So Dak, you're in your room. Um, it's probably the middle of the month around there. You wake in the middle of the night in a cold sweat. You remember that you had a nightmare of some sort. Fragments of the dream come back to you. You were on a ship of some sort dark fog surrounded you. A voice boomed through the darkness into your head, shaking you awake. You can't, you, you suddenly like, like just burst upwards and you can't remember what they said. You look around the room and you're at the archive, you're in your room, your blankets are on the ground on the floor and your bed is absolutely soaked. Uh, your whole entire bedspread where you were laying you swing your legs over the side of the bed and you hear the heavy rain hitting your window. The sound of thunder echoes in the distance. A small amount of light peers through the window, uh, obscured by the rain trickling down the window. 
Perhaps it was just thunder that awoke you. In your room, you have your dresser, a footlocker, and a basin of water with a mirror over it. What would you like to do? Uh, I guess go over to the the mirror with the water and kind of splash it on my face to get the sweat off. Sure. Uh, you splash the, the cool water against your face and you look in the mirror and you look at yourself and you look very disheveled. It's maybe about 2, 3, 3 a.m. You, you look at your body and it, it is just covered in sweat and you just shake your head. You splash your face with a, another wave of cool water and you notice something move behind you. I turn around and kind of ready an Eldritch Blast in my hand. But don't fire it. You look around and you don't see anything. There's nothing behind you. Like nothing in my room or just nothing I see moving? I mean, you see your room. Okay. But you don't see anything moving. Uh, I kind of let the Eldritch Blast, like, dissipate. As you sort of turn around, you look at the mirror. And maybe it was just your imagination, but as soon as you look at the mirror, you see a shadowy figure in the mirror standing right in front of you, replacing you. It has two glaring red eyes that stare back at you. Uh, I kind of gasp for a moment, and then I only see it in the mirror? Yep, it's in the mirror. It's basically replacing your reflection with this dark shadow that's staring at you. I kind of move my arm. Does the arm follow me? It does not. Walk towards the mirror. Who are you? You see the figure walks towards you. You hear a voice echo through your head. How do you know that name? The shadow moves towards you. You see it step out of the mirror, taking full shape. You see it now. It looks just like you, all your features, but made of pitch darkness. The shadow stares at you. And suddenly, you awake. I look around my room and look at the mirror. You, you you burst upwards and you hear a knock on your door. And we're going to leave that there for just a moment. Stone, where are you? Um, About halfway through the month. Are you staying at your house or where are you? Um, I would say, where are you? And I'm so sorry. I cannot sleep. I cannot dream tonight. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, probably just at... Uh, um, wherever he would call home. I honestly have not even thought about where Stone lives. 
Yeah, I, I, let's let's actually flesh it out right now. Uh, so tell me a little bit about your home. Um, I, I know that you probably don't have too much. Um, I would say that that stone probably has a fairly like modest house, like somewhere near the um, the archives or whatever, like the the main um, Archers yeah. Guild like headquarters and whatnot in that general area. Sure. Yeah, you're you, so you're in the castle ward. You actually have a pretty decent house if it's there. Uh, it, I'm kind of guessing that you don't have like any dishes, any food. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like kind of bare bones, <laughs> but it's it's well furnished. I would assume. Yeah, I would say it's probably like it's it's very well. I think he would have taken a hint from um from like growing up with halflings essentially, um in yeah. like decorating. And then I'm actually gonna say that he he does have like a surprisingly well-stocked pantry for being uh, an automaton because he knows how much um, halflings place importance on feeding their guests and like and entertaining and oh, wow. putting like putting people like up if they need to be you know like and serving food and such so I, I think that's it's very homey like in you in a way you wouldn't expect sure wow okay um and it's like a lot of his like decor is, is um like stuff he's found on on his journeys and whatnot and so that's that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. So you're in a very comfortable home. Uh, you're during your uh, meditations, kind of sleep schedule, but like you're you're kind of like in sentry mode. You receive a message in your mind. Okay. Stone, this is Mama Bell. Your brother was in a terrible fire. He is safe at the guild. Please come here as soon as possible. Yes, I, I, I'll be right there. We jump to the guild. Uh, Dak, you receive a knock on your door. Dak, it's Mama Bell. I need your help. Uh, yeah, um, be right there. And I kind of, like, just woke up from that dream, so I'm just, like, taking a second and then putting on a shirt and, like, coming out. Uh, what? Yeah, What's you, up? you, sorry, uh, you, you look at the mirror also as you walk out, and, like, there's nothing there. It's just your reflection. Uh, and you come out and you say... Uh, what can I help you with? It's green. He's burned badly. He's in the atrium. Please come quickly. Green? And I just kind of start running. Okay. Uh, I would say Voren. It's it's uh, very late, but you, like you hear a knock. I would say your room is very close to Dak, uh, and and you're able to hear like Mama Bell is 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 very stressed out and, and is knocking on the door and the, the knock wakes you up. Okay. Um, so you, you, you are awake and, and you rush to the hall. Okay. Yeah, I'll rush out there. What, what's going on? Yeah, you see Dak and, and Isabella are, are just running down the hallway out of the uh, out of the east wing. Right, I'll, I'll follow them. Green, uh, do you want to describe what they see when they enter the atrium? Um, Green is on a uh, sick bed, boils along his skin, so they're dissipating at a slow pace due to the healing spells, but they're still there. A little bit of his hair is charred, um, his clothes are a little tattered. Yeah, not in a good state. What, what happened? Green! Oh, I 
was attacked by some arsonist. What? Where? Your old mom's house that I bought was burned to a crisp. What? Like I almost was. Did you see who did it? Uh, a person about your height. I, uh, is green, is uh, stone there? I, I would say stone, you burst open the uh, front doors of the atrium. And uh, with a resounding, uh, just you, you, you have been rained on, it is thundering, lightning out, and you open the door and a flash of lightning just sort of silhouettes his body as you see your brother, Green, basically on the floor in the state that he described. Surrounded by your friends, uh, I I run over. I like run to his side and drop to my knees and and just kind of look frantically over him. Uh, hey, brother. I I uh, how are how are you okay? I've been better. Uh, I should hope so. What happened? Who who how? Uh, I was assaulted in the middle of the night. <laughs> well, did you... Did they say anything? Did they, what happened? Were you asleep? I was asleep. They woke me up. <laughs> Just bro broke into your home and, and lit you on fire? Um... More or less, yes. <laughs> Did you see any facial features, anything? I, I think it was a dwarf. Or dwarven-like. I admit. Like I said, same height as Warren. <clears throat> he is unusually tall for a dwarf, though. Alright. Slightly taller than me. That's just what I know. Uh, Mama Bells, is there anything we can... It for him. I can heal him, but it's going to take several days for me to uh, fully heal his wounds. I would like to put him in a bed upstairs, if you don't mind, so that way we can start the healing process. Absolutely. Uh, I'll help him if, if there's like a, a bed he's on or anything. A stretcher. Yeah, right now he's just sort of on the floor. Oh. <laughs> uh, he just sort of opened the door, collapsed, and Mama Bell was able to find him. Warned you, and uh, Vorin uh, came and followed. I'll I'll pick him up. I'm so sorry. Is there a stretcher or something? Your uh, really. cold, uh, brother. I I I I. I'm not aware of these things. I know. You you carry him up the stairs, and you're able to put him in kind of uh, there's a medical chamber. Uh, it, it, it's a it's basically like a medical bedroom uh, for people who need to have extended stays at the guild if there had uh, any serious conditions. Uh, Mama Bell, 
she pulls back the covers and uh, allows you to lay him down gently and uh, admits uh, several uh, layers of healing. Uh, Green, you basically pass out uh, due to exhaustion, uh, due to all of your wounds. So, like, before I pass out, I say, I'm sorry, brother. You're, you're okay. I'll be here. You'll be fine. We'll find out what happened. As I pass out. Mm. What time is it right now? Is middle of the night still? Uh, right now, it's probably about one thirty a.m. Pushing around two. Stone, Vorin, let's let's go see what we can find out. Is there anybody we could find that would maybe know anything more about this? I don't know if there eyes anywhere, anything that might be able to help. Say we head to the house and see. There's anyone that saw anything happen? Is is he going to be safe here? Mama Bell, is he going to be okay? We'll watch over him. We'll watch over him. I would prefer if one of you could at least stay I will. and watch over him. I appreciate I that, dear. I'll be here. I can only do so much healing, and I want to do as much as I can for him, but even I need my rest so I can heal him tomorrow morning. I'll be here. I won't leave his side. Dak and Warren, you leave the guild, and you head over to your very familiar location uh, to you, Dak, is your mother's home, the, the home that you grew up in. And the entire block is basically, like, blocked off. There is uh, the city watch that is actually, like, preventing people from entering uh, the, the city block. Uh, they they ask, Hey, what's your business? A human, uh, gruff-looking guard is basically blocking you from entering. That, that's my home. I need to go see what happened. Please, let me I, through. I, I need some credentials or something. I, I can't just let you through. This is an active crime scene investigation. I don't have my... license. Uh... I, I grew up. You do have one thing that that you know will probably get you through is uh, your medallion. I'm with the guild and I pulled up uh, my uh, medallion. Okay. He uh, uh, immediately recognizes the medallion and says, Oh, uh, sorry, sir. I didn't realize that you were part of the, the map makers. Here, right away. Go ahead. And he allows you to walk on through into the crime scene. What you see next devastates you. Your childhood home. Burned down to timber. You see there's a, a, a few towns watch that are, are at least like trying to keep the peace, trying to keep people away. Uh, they are kind of wa walking through some of the r rubble. But like they, they can't really see much as it, it, it is a complete it's completely gone. Uh, I'm gonna go up to a guard like did anyone see anything? Do you have any leads? anything? You see a, uh, a female elf that's actually uh, very slender. She, she's wearing um, plate mail. It, it, it's very late, so like or early, depending on your view. But she kind of looks over at you and she says, "What do you know about uh, about this home?" 
know everything. I, I grew up here. My father and mother bought this before I was even born. I see. So you were the previous tenant here before Green Ladwell? Yes, I, I sold him the home. I see. And that was just uh, about a month and a half ago? About. Yes. Okay. Are you aware of any enemies that Green Ladwell may have had that may wish his undoing? Uh, mm, not that I can think of. I mean, we've traveled all around the world, but everyone loves green. Mm. Very well. It looks like the fire was magic in origin, starting in the basement and worked its way up. Are you aware of any... I know that some mages tend to have experiments or some unorthodox means. Were you aware of any experimentations that Green was working on at the time? Green? No. He's deals with photography and... No, no experiments. You do know that Green Ladwell is an arcane user? Yeah, but... Nothing destructive. Thank you very much for coming out this late. We There's... will stay in contact if we have oh, any more no. followings. I do need no. you to head out. This is an active. No, there was policy. people. Sorry, Green sir, said there was is... people. You... We we have a full statement from Green Ladwell already. There there is no reason for you to be here any longer. I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to have to ask you to leave. Take like one last look at the house and. Or what's left of it and just turn and start walking is there any damage to any of the surrounding buildings or is it like just that it looks like it was just this um, the fire must have originated in the house and burnt outward I mean the, the storm has been going on for probably since late yesterday so it has definitely gone for quite a while, dampening everything. For the fire to be this large, it must have been pretty massive. Um, there are definitely, like, scorch marks on the sides of the other houses, but they didn't catch. Is there any, like, mud on the street or anything? Looking for, like, footprints uh, or anything? You can roll me investigation. Or even survival. Whatever Ooh. your choice is. We'll do a survival. Cabin at McKenzie, let's do it. It's 13. <laughs> 13. It has been raining. <laughs> it is. It, it, even if you're just tracking an, an animal, it would be near impossible with this kind of rain. So it, you, you see mud all over the place, especially with how many uh, towns watch there are in City Watch. It's definitely to the point where you are unable to comprehend what footprint is what. If there were less people, possibly. Just, like, too much going on at this point? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's been too many people at the scene. It is not possible to, to identify. Uh, as we're walking, I'm going to tell Vorn, I don't, I don't get it. I don't know who would do this to Green. Unless what I've... Yeah, from meeting him, the brief time I've known him, he seems to be a very good person, and I don't know who would want to do this, something this drastic to harm him. I'm worried that what if they were trying to harm 
family and they harmed Green instead and it was my fault. I don't I don't think it's your fault, but I definitely think we need to dig into this more, investigate. Can't let this go. Here, we're gonna make a quick detour and I'm just gonna head to my my new my the my mother's new house. Oh. Okay. Yeah, what what do you do? Is it still there? <laughs> no, good chat. Good chat. Take that away too. <laughs> no, uh, your house All is it. untouched. Uh, your mother's house is untouched. Um, you, you you just walk that block and it is peaceful. It is in the castle ward, not too far away from Stone's house, but it is uh, is definitely intact. No issues. Okay. Just as long as I see it, I'm just gonna kind of sigh of relief and then. Let's head back to check on Green and Stone. Yes, I agree. You make your way back to the guild. You enter through the atrium, go up the stairs into the medical area, and you see Stone, who has been unmoving, watching Green while you were gone. Has, has he shown any progress? No. We went to the house and they, they said that they think it started in the basement and they're asking me questions if you practice destructive arcane arts and I don't know, they didn't say much. I think Orin here investigated a little more, but did, did you find anything, Born? Wasn't able to between the storm and the damage from the fire and the boot prints from all the guard, there was... Not much sign of anybody that could have been the one to do this. It's unfortunate. Still just kind of like standing motionless over Green's body. He's always been so small. That's just because I'm large. And now he's hurt. And I was supposed to protect him. I was supposed to protect the elves, too. But oh. I haven't done either of those things. Oh. Stone, don't even start. You protected us more times than I can count. But at least that was in a fight. This wasn't... This wasn't fair. This... How could he have defended himself? I don't know. I should have seen this coming. I should have been there I don't some guardian I've turned out to be there's no way you've known this would have happened I think all we can do now is try to investigate this and find that person or persons responsible your thoughts are logical very logical I don't know if I'm in the mood for logic I'm angry I am too stoned and I think that's where the night ends. Where would Vorin and Dak, where would you like to stay the night? Where you, are you staying at the guild? Are you staying in the same room? What, what are you What are you? Planning? I'll just stay there with Green. Yeah, and I was going to suggest like taking turns if people need to rest. We could take turns staying up with, for the watch. For the watch. 
God. <laughs> the next, uh, the next morning, it the the rain and the storm has passed, and it is the time for healing. Um, Mama Bell comes in bright and early. Um, Stone, you have not slept. Uh, you you've done all the sleeping that you needed to do uh, at home, and you've been fully aware of your surroundings. Green, uh, you are still passed out. Uh, your exhaustion levels uh, definitely um, have pushed you to the point where you need to rest for a few days. Right. Uh, Mama Bell comes in, puts in her round of healing. Um, you see some of the boils and the burns sort of fade from his face and his arms. Um, he's start to, starting to look like his old self. Uh, it may need a few more days of healing but he is uh, definitely on their track. The rest of you probably still sleeping <laughs> as it, you, know, you need your full eight hours. But uh, the next day goes sort of quiet. Uh, there's nothing really to report except for um, about maybe three quarters of the way through the day, um, late afternoon, uh, you hear a knock on the door. You see the door slowly creak open. And he's like, uh, I hate to bother you. And you see uh, Abraham Stonson, uh, the quartermaster for the guild. Uh, another, another dwarf um, married to Isabel. Uh, he opens the door and he says, I hate to bother you. And he's kind of like whispering. And he says, um, your, your family is here. And before he can even finish, a wave of Ladwell's overtakes him. Pushing past him, you see Ella, your older sister, holding a massive plant with a card hastily attached to the stem. You see your mother, Matilda, pushing herself first with tears streaming down her face. You see your father, Todrick, attempting to pick up Celestella's glasses that appear to have been knocked from her face. Uh, your youngest brother, Barry, sticking to the wall's edge to avoid getting trampled. Uh, your younger brother, Winton, explaining to Abraham who in the family is who. Finally, in the rear, you see Violet, your twin sister, with her dark blue eyes and red hair and a side bob. You hear your mother cry as she rushes your bed and envelops you in a massive bear hug. Uh, she pulls back and looks over you. How are you? Uh, she looks over at Stone. Stone! She rushes to you and gives you a massive hug. How are you? As she yells. <laughs> I've been better, but... Oh, this is the best. Uh, Ella, now able to get to, your, get to you, Green, uh, sits the plant on your nightstand, and she smiles the biggest smile you've ever seen, but there's tears running down her face. How are you, Green? Do you need anything? You see your father stand up and you see him brush dirt off his dark, curly beard. He walks over to your bed and Celestella blindly walks behind him, tapping him on his shoulder. He says, oh, and he gives the glasses and uh, walks to your bedside. Uh, Winton pipes up and he says, hey, 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 let's give the guy some space. <laughs> yeah. You look at your father and you see that he does, uh, he does not have his uh, familiar smile with him. Uh, you see his face is uh, full of concern, which uh, concerns you. He says, Hi, how you doing, son? I told everyone to wait downstairs, but you know. 
I don't trust stairs. They're always up to something. Uh, you see his big, big, you see his big <laughs> smile return. No, no, and uh, your, your mother, <laughs> your mother pipes up, uh, disregarding your father and says, as soon as I got the letter from Stone saying to visit, I knew, I just knew I had to get everyone to Waterdeep. I just knew it. And look at you. Thank goodness we are all here. How are you? And then Stella, Stella says, May, uh, uh, Maybe if you all just stop badgering with questions, maybe he could answer. Uh, you just had to make this all about you, huh? You see Violet uh, <laughs> leaning on the doorway. <laughs> Typical. Glad to see you're doing okay. They treating you all right? Uh, she motions over to Abraham, who is completely bewildered <laughs> by the storm of Ladwells that just erupted through the stairway. Uh, Abraham snaps back to reality and says, my wife is a very capable healer, Abraham says uh, dis- defensively. <laughs> I'll see about that, uh, Violet says as she walks into the room and analyzes your wounds. Yeah, looks like she did all right. Not the best job I've seen, and she makes it loud enough for him to hear, <laughs> but good enough for who it's for, and she winks at you. Uh, um, yes, thanks for your insight. <clears throat> Your father looks over at you, Stone, and nods, and his expression has definitely lightened up. Uh, son, uh, do you know how you can tell if a vampire has a cold? How's that? He starts coughing! Oh. Uh, if you if you could... If toasters existed in this world, and one was short-circuiting, that is the noise that comes out of Stone's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> your entire family groans as your father's smile bounces back into existence. That's not even the worst of it. You know where ducks go when they feel sick? The what? doctor. Uh. <laughs> oh. He wheezes, he wheezes out a chuckle, and you see a few of your siblings crack a smile. Your entire family uh, spends about uh, just the next couple hours with you. They, they, they just laugh and share stories. Um, is there anything specific that you want to share with them? Thanks for all for coming here. I wasn't expecting it at all. She's, um, your mother just says, Well, your, your brother Stone, he sent me a lovely message uh, earlier oh. this month, and I wanted to make sure that we made it here for the holidays. Which is coming up, I believe, uh, just oh. this coming weekend. I, I, I'd love to uh, uh, try to schedule something for the, the, the Harvest Festival, of course. A harvest Festival? Dear, how long has he been in this bed? <laughs> and she starts crying even more <laughs> as uh, she is just absolutely inconsolable. Um, you see that Winton, he kind of speaks up and he says, Hey, you know, it, there, there, there's got to be a time for everything. Uh, so, kid, how, how you doing? <laughs> Your younger brother says to you. <laughs> um, thanks, kid. Um, I've been better, but I'm doing all right, I think. I, I have a lot of friends here. They, we've been on... Does it hurt when you do this? And Violet kind of like moves your arm jokingly a little She puts it down and she says, Don't do that then. Oh. Well, I wish she I has a good point. Yeah, she does. Oh. If I were you, I would not move my arm like that. 
So, uh, I would say, uh, Dak and Vorin, you were just sort of over overtaken by all of these halflings <laughs> that have just burst into this room. You are just sort of in the corners, but they start introducing themselves. You see Todrick, Toddy, uh, so, sorry, his name is Todrick, but the, you can, he says you can call him Toddy. He is the father, uh, stay-at-home dad, uh, dark curly hair and a beard. Uh, you see the mom, uh, Matilda. Uh, she has long straight hair tied in a, a, a ponytail uh, you see that she has calluses on her hands you can kind of tell that she is used to very hard labor you see uh, Eladana she tells you to call her Ella uh, she has a full head of dark curly hair and bright blue eyes she's happy and kind of a, a childlike wonder to her eyes there is Beric, the youngest of all the Ladwells, uh, shoulder length, straight brown hair, deep emerald eyes, clean shaven. He's kind of wearing um, scholar clothing. He seems to be a healer of some sort. And there's also Winton, who is uh, uh, kind of the, the know-it-all of the family. <laughs> he has short, messy, blonde hair, gentle blue eyes. He makes it very obvious that uh, he's a businessman at heart. There is Violet, which is, you, you would, if you were in a dark room and you had to guess, it would probably be Green's twin sister, uh, obviously. She has dark blue eyes and short red hair and a side bob. She is also wearing uh, cleric-looking clothing. And there's also, finally, Celestella. Uh, she is the oldest of the siblings. Light brown eyes behind rectangular spectacles. Messy blonde hair in a bun. Kind of looks like a librarian, and she talks very fast, and she's kind of easily distracted. But you are instantly welcomed. You are introduced to each of them. They ask who you are, uh, uh, who your family is, and, and they say, Oh yeah, Dak, of course, I've heard about you and all the letters that I've, 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 I've received and from stone from green and so like they basically know uh dak but um Vorin, they basically make you feel accepted around them it is like having an extension of a family in front of you where they just sort of accept you and, and ask you a lot of questions about your heritage where you're from and and they accept you for who you are so is there any specific questions that you'd like to ask them i i mouth i'm so sorry to both back and uh, Vorin without letting anybody see I put like my hand on the side of my mouth and just look directly at both of them I'll just nod and smile it's so nice to finally meet all of you I've heard many good things from Stone and Green and now I can see why they're so fond of their family what about dear what kind of family you have uh as uh, Matilda speaks uh, it's up. just me and my mom right now well, obviously, we're going to have to invite her for dinner, as she just makes it obviously that you're invited to uh, this weekend's uh, Harvest Festival dinner that apparently she's planning. And she turns over to you, Stone, and she says, Do you mind if we host at your, uh, at your home, Stone? By all means, I have plenty of room and plenty of food that goes uncooked because, as you know, I don't need to eat. Wonderful, wonderful. And we've brought a few of our own. Uh, for this uh, special holiday. So I will say, let's skip ahead a little bit, uh, just because it, Sorry, it's a Logan. lot. It's a l give you a lot. You did you did oh. this to me. Sully do, Sully do, Sully do. You did this to me. 
I love it. I, I absolutely love it, and it is something I am very, very happy to have in my campaign. Oh, okay. So please, I'm don't don't feel it. like it's it's a burden. <laughs> I, I am absolutely thrilled to have this huge halfling family in wow. my campaign. It, all of you are. Everybody here is invited to a weekend dinner for the Harvest Festival. Uh, Dak, your mother, and you are invited. Vorin, even though you're just there, you are invited. <laughs> you are definitely invited to Stone's residence uh, at the beginning of the weekend, once Green has healed up enough. Green, I would say on this day, you're definitely feeling a lot better, and you're able to be walking around. Um, you're probably a little bit of a limp, maybe have a cane, depending on if you want to use it. I'll use um, a cane. Yeah. Style. So yeah, you are... Okay. <laughs> yeah, you are leaning on the cane, walking, but yeah, you are uh, headed right now. I will just sort of jump ahead in time. It is the night of the dinner. Uh, do any of you bring anything to the dinner, and how do you dress? Um, Dak is going to bring a water deep stew. It's a soup-based meal, consisting of many different meats from Goats and cows all throughout Waterdeep. Um, Green will uh, grab a carrot cake from the local, uh, the best bakery he knows of in Waterdeep. So in the days in between, um, I would have went out to the forest and hunted a deer and then brought back some medicine to bring. Absolutely. Absolutely. There is a massive forest just north of Waterdeep. And I would say you just sort of blend into the forest and you uh, get a magnificent buck uh, uh, that you're able to bring in, harvest, and you are bringing that to the dinner. Perfect. Also, Dak's mother Dak's mother is bringing like uh, a cake from her bakery. Bear, oh, excellent, excellent. And Green is wearing his best lavender vest and no, like the best hats of clothing you can imagine, it's like on par with the rest of the fan. So, so I'd say that Stone's wearing like um, he's wearing pretty much his his normal attire, except uh, on on the front of him he has a little uh, uh God, what are those called? A little an apron that says "Kiss the Cleric." <laughs> <laughs> that he's wearing as he like runs around, like is he's like darting around the house, uh, cooking things. <laughs> It's great. I would say absolutely you are assisting your mother through this entire process. My man. Um, My you, you have been there your entire life, essentially, that you remember that you have been next to your mother's side, learning every single step that she makes. You are basically like a well-oiled machine. Just absolutely everything that she sends at you, you cut up, prepare exactly the way she wants. And you, you've done this countless times, preparing meals for your siblings. And it is a excellent time that you and her spend some time together. Do you Hell wish yeah. to talk now, or do you wish to talk Ooh. later? Is every uh, are people here yet? I would say that there is uh, like the rest of the family may be setting the plates, setting dining table, so it may not be the perfect time, but is a time to talk if you want to take advantage of it, or you can just wait until later. I think I'll wait. Okay. Yep. Uh, so you are all gathering everything together, 
and you are getting ready for uh, tonight's preparations. You each arrive. I would say Dak and uh, your mother are the first to arrive, and the entire family just basically grabs you and brings you <laughs> in. <laughs> just absolutely just pestering you with questions, just absolutely complimenting your the way that you're dressed, uh, uh, taking your dishes away from you. Oh, hey, let me carry that. Let me take that to the table. <laughs> uh, so, so your water deep stew is already at the table. The cake is put off to the side, ready for desserts. And then I would say, Vorin, uh, you arrive next. You bring in uh, a, a, a hefty huge plate of venison <laughs> uh it is absolutely uh, uh uh perfectly prepared and you you see toddy just absolutely gasp that you have have prepared it to perfection uh he is actually the cook in the family i would say that you don and, and your mother were just sort of preparing things while well todrick uh, or toddy as he goes by has been actually cooking the majority of everything tasting and just making it absolutely perfection he actually has a uh, apron himself that uh, just says, uh, "I'm the dad." <laughs> but, uh, just, just, just to make everything clear. And of course, you have "Kiss the Cleric," which is uh, everybody uh, laughs at, but in a, a very loving way. I would say once everybody has sort of settled and, and you are just sort of passing normal conversations, Todrick Ladwell and uh, a few of the other Ladwells. I would say Stone, you definitely help. But uh, you come out of the kitchen with a, uh, large aprons and just multiple dishes in hand and yell, Dinner is served! And he yells, If you think our hands are full, you should see our hearts! As he just starts passing out uh, all of the plates and you all enjoy a feast beyond your wildest dreams. A genuine halfling celebration. I'm talking... Mini quiche made with cheese, bacon, vegetables. I'm talking he honey nut cake and marmalade. Uh, mini uh, 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 ham omelets with curry spice. Oh. Perfectly cooked roasts. Succulent pork with crackle. Uh, twice baked potatoes. An entire plate just dedicated to cheese and bread. Oh. Tea yep. set out for each of you, your placemats. And of course, you have the miraculous Waterdeep stew, the venison that Vorn created, and you are just feasting and feasting, and you're just enjoying each other's company. And then you finally see Toddy, he pops open a bottle, a very fine bottle of whiskey known as Lurian Rivengut, a delicacy among halflings. You know that your father only takes this out for very special occasions. The, the busy table is boisterous with warm laughter and ex excellent conversations. You're asked questions about your family, heritage, your job, how do you like the Cartographer's Guild. Each of the lad will show, your in show their interest in you and are impressed with or, or show empathy by all of your questions and answers. Winton uh, begins to talk business about his successful chain of general stores, but Eladonna, or Ella, as she asks you to call her, uh, interrupts Winston's monologue by saying, Winnie, um, I don't think you need to bore them with your financials. His face turns a, a sheepish red as she calls him Winnie. Uh, <laughs> Ella states that she is fascinated by the jewelry that Waterdeep has to offer and cannot wait to shop around and see what more they have to offer. 
Barrick, or Barry, uh, the youngest lad, well, shows his interest in touring the local libraries, and Celestella, the oldest sibling, agrees to take him with her the next day as she has business to attend to as she is a librarian by trade and would love to make some contacts in the city. And that brings me to you, uh, Stone. You have a moment. Although you cannot enjoy the food nor the pleasant aromas, you enjoy the presence of your family. With your mother sitting next to you, she looks over to you and smiles. She places her hand on yours And even though you're made of metal, you feel a warmth inside of you. You feel loved. That all things in the universe, no matter what they bring, if this moment could last forever. Everyone at the table begins to compliment your father on his cooking. He says, it's all because I found an excellent butcher. You should have seen how we're overworked this guy was. Just trying to make ends meet. <laughs> Your entire family erupts in laughter at this joke. It's a terrible joke, but they laugh nonetheless. You see Violet shake her head, but cracks a little smile. Dak, you see your mother is absolutely uh, enjoying <laughs> the whiskey that was provided, but to an extent. She looks at you, and, and she, she, she hugs you as she enjoys the company that you've created. Is that uh, whiskey pretty strong? (laughs) She just giggles at you. (laughs) Yes. You see Violet. uh, She shakes her head um, green. She kind of looks at you. You pass her a glance and you meet eye contact. She nods at you and continues to listen to the ramblings of Winton discussing the price of wagon wheels and how now is the best time to invest. (laughs) Trying to convince everyone to put a down payment. Do you have any questions? Uh, I'm kind of reaching out to everybody here. Uh, Do you have any specific questions you'd like to ask any of the family members while this dinner party is happening? I'd I'd like to hobble on over to Dak's mom and apologize about the house burning down. Um, she, she looks, um, it's kind of a turn when you, when you kind of bring in kind of the seriousness and, and she just looks at you and she says, she, well, 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 no, she, she looks at you in more of a caring way. She doesn't look like she cares about the house. She looks like she's more concerned about you. And she says, oh, honey, I, I just, I'm so happy that you made it out alive. I, and look at you, you're, you're doing so well. I'm so happy to hear that, that you're able to. By the skin of my teeth. To get away from it. I, I'll talk to Dak, but we, I don't know if I feel right about having you pay all of that money for that house and then have it burned down. I just. Uh, she looks over to you, fine. Dak, and, and. I once again mouth to Dak. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, mother, don't don't worry. We'll we'll help Green out as best we can. Trust me. She nods and and she kind of goes back to uh, accepting the wave of Ladwell, as it were. <laughs> if she can't help, then oh, I know someone who can. Winton, take it away. Oh, uh, Winton kind of leans over and says, "I know 
the perfect investment that will absolutely pay dividends upon what you would and then it just sort of gets drowned out by the rest of the, <laughs> the rest of the crowd and then you can't really make out what he hears but uh, you definitely tell that ella is definitely trying to change the subject and get steer away from it but you definitely hear Barry and Celestella. They are talking about the, the libraries and they're asking all of you, hey, what what, what do the, the libraries provide? Can we get a tour of the Cartographer's Guild? It's just absolutely just chaos of just people asking questions and just, um, it feels so yes, warm and inside. Yes. <laughs> I see. Yes, yes to all. Yes to all. I would like to, to um, stand up at some point towards the end of the dinner. Oh. Absolutely. Go ahead. Well, everyone, it's been a lovely evening. But we are forgetting the most important part of Harvest Festival. And that is the giving of gifts. Uh-oh. But everybody <laughs> they all look at each other very awkwardly. <laughs> everybody forgets the tradition, but it's okay. I remember. I remember from when I was a kid. Just <laughs> when I was young, we're all tradition always was that the person that we had known the least amount of time got a gift. And that is our dwarven friend, Varen. <laughs> uh, you see everyone at the table raise their glasses up at you, Varen. <laughs> we haven't known you half as long as we would like to. <laughs> and we would like to know you for double the amount of time that we will. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Here, here, and you hear all the halflings yeah. just chug the rest of their, their their whiskey that was provided for them, and a resounding cheer. And so the, the the end of the night begins to come in. The cake that your mother Dak provided uh, gets divided and passed amongst the group, and everyone is absolutely stuffed to the gills. And you see the dishes are taken away and the family forms a cleaning line as if it were pure muscle memory. <laughs> the oldest, Celestella, fills the sink and begins to wash. Ella stations next to her and assists giggling with her sister as they splash each other. Green and Violet, they stand next to each other in dry dishes, talking in small whispers. Winton uh, cleans up the stove and the table, chatting the entire time. And Stone helps Barry uh, put away dishes that are out of his reach. All of them laughing and talking while the, as they pass dishes and plates like a well-oiled machine. All while Matilda and Toddy are at the table looking over their beautiful family. Well, good old Finnish conveyor belt. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That's why I heard it was called, but that's a super bullshit, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so at the end of the night, you are all sent off on your way. And it is now getting later into the evening and you're all in your rooms. And Stone, you're in your room, a smile on your face. And you hear a knock on your door. Hello, I'm I'm friendly. <laughs> <laughs> you see, uh, slightly, it's like that parent knock where they knock first, like wait a second, and then open the door. 
<laughs> yeah. And, yep. uh, they open the door and and you see your mother's face. Uh, she peers in and she says, "Hey, how you doing?" Um, I've been better and I've been worse. Do you want to walk outside or you want me to come in? Um, I feel like a a walk would be good. I have something to drop off by Varen anyway. Let's go. I reach into my little, like, nightstand, my little desk, where I would do my, my important paperwork, and I pull out a small, um, a small little, like, almost looking like a jewelry box, and I, uh, hold it behind my back, and I walk out, and I, I don't know where Varen is, if he's asleep, but I slip it underneath his pillow. Okay. I'll say uh, you're you're able to. Uh, I'll I'll say maybe he crashed at your place. <laughs> for the yeah, night. yeah. I, I kind of figured we all got slobber knockered. <laughs> Absolutely, with that whiskey, it, <laughs> it's pretty powerful. Um, you 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 put it under his pillow, and then your 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 mother and you kind of giggle as <laughs> as you you walk out, and uh, you are out in the outside fall night air. Um, it is a full moon as Harvest Festival typically takes place on, and the entire streets are lit by its glow. Matilda, your your mother, looks at you, Stone, and says, Thank you so much for letting us stay at your home. I know in your letter that you said you wanted to talk. I'm sorry it's been so busy that we haven't had time, but I wanted to make time. So what's going on? Uh, well... You're obviously always welcome. Family is family. Um, but I wanted to... I wanted you to be here um, because I... Green, myself, our friends, we, we found out that I am... We found out more of what I am um, before you found me and who my creators were. So I wanted to talk about that because um, I have been feeling a little lost and a little unsure for the first time in as long as I can remember. I I guess um, the a race of elves called the Star Elves created me um, untold years ago. Uh, to protect them from horrible monsters from another realm that pursued them across the stars. Um, and so that's why I was made. And apparently I am the last of these these guardians that were made. And that means that I failed. Because I'm still here, and they're all gone. And I'm trying to make sense of that. I always knew you were special. She she smiles at you, and looks up at the stars. You know, being a mother is an attitude. It's not a biological relation. Families don't have to match. It's more than blood. It's heart. It is the courage to be present in people's lives and 
bear other people's burdens. You say that you're the last, but from the sound of it, you've only just begun your, your new journey. I am beyond happy that you've discovered where you came from. Because I know <laughs> that it's way more than just originating from a pile of stones that we found you in. You're way more than just that. And I can't wait for you to become who you're meant to be. It's like a slight, like, um, like condensation on Stone's face. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's... Thank you. Thank you very much. And just because I'm not your mother doesn't make me not your mommy. And she looks at you and she gives you a big hug. <laughs> Stone gives her a big hug back and picks her up and... <laughs> Real tight. I would say you walk maybe for the next half hour or so just enjoying each other's company. And you walk back and head back to your rooms and you enjoy the time that you've had with your family. Hell yeah. And I think that's where we're going to end tonight's episode, I think. Oh. I, think that's, I think that's a good point. Very touching in Yeah. So wholesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that seems fitting. Uh, so so the, the gift, do we want to wait for yeah. uh, next time? Yeah, yeah, go gift? ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Share. Share what's it. So, uh, so whenever Vorn opens the the little jewelry box it's just a it's a small set of like um finely crafted uh finely hewn uh it's a shaving kit you're good <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's just a shaving <laughs> kit <laughs> yeah so it's it's like uh it's like a very like old school like like dwarven designs of like um like hewn copper and whatnot um, but it's just like a, like a personal upkeep. Like it has, um, things to like put in your beard and, and like, it's, it's pretty much anything you like as a small kit of whatever you could want as a dwarf to just like take care of your, your visage. Dude, he's going to have the curliest beard. It's going to be <laughs> luscious. Treat yourself. <laughs> Love a spa day. Luscious. Yeah, absolutely. And curly and beautiful. That is, and glossy. That is a wonderful gift. <laughs> And uh, Stone made it himself, because he's like that. Oh, that's so special. So nice. <laughs> <laughs> he he was the newest friend, so he needed the gift. Hmm. Thank you so much for listening to Expedition D20. If you're enjoying the podcast, please leave a rating and review on the listening platform you are using consider sharing this podcast with your friends or anyone you think would enjoy it. We look forward to seeing you at the next episode. And as always, thanks for joining the expedition. <laughs> <laughs>